You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody. Welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M, and today, why don't we look at some options of what Texas A&M could do to replace the production of Mike Oko, who is now going to be the head coach at Duke. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube.com, and of course, LockedOnPodcast.com, building markets and networks across the country. Make sure you're subscribed to one. If not, you know what? All of them. Just, just subscribe to all of them. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Sonos. Go visit Sonos.com to check out all of their big-time deals. They are the official sponsor of ESPN's College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more information on what to do about your headphones. As always, my name is Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to make this a more quality-sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout-out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th man related content found here on LLP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So, let's talk about it. Duke. Yeah, you know what? It actually kind of makes a little bit of sense. Mike Elko's name had been floating around for the last two years of becoming a head coach at some level, some capacity, some program, and knowing his ties with private institutions, Wake Forest, Bowling Green, Notre Dame. Going to Duke makes a lot of sense. He was a, uh, He's replacing a 14-year veteran in David Cutcliffe. Cutcliffe was well-respected, well-renowned, and most importantly, had a long leash to be able to find success in the ACC. The best season they ever had was actually facing Texas A&M in, I believe it was, the Cotton Bowl back in 2015, I was it? 2014, 2014, my bad. They faced off against Texas A&M, uh, Johnny Manziel's last year. They actually went all the way to the uh, to the ACC championship, if I'm not mistaken. Cutcliffe brought them to their first 10-win season in program history, if I'm not mistaken, either. So you look at what Duke is going to do. They're going to want to win in recruiting, but they're also going to want to win on the football field. What's going to be really interesting, in my opinion, is seeing who does Mike Elko ask to come along with the staff? I would not be shocked to see one name. I don't know if it's going to be Tyler Santucci. I don't know if it's going to be TJ Rushing. I don't know if it'll be Elijah Robinson. But one name to become his defensive coordinator up there, if that's the case, uh, that'd be huge. Uh, at the same time, though, you got to remember that the layout of what is the ACC versus the SEC could mean less pay but a higher title. So those are going to be some things I find interesting. But Texas A&M is going to have to find its new defensive coordinator for the first time in the Jimbo Fisher era. Am I upset about this? To an extent, you know, it does hurt that you are losing your top recruiter. And let's get this straight. Mike Elko was the top recruiter in the business, especially in the SEC. It does hurt in that aspect because of national, you know, early signing period comes in two days. I, I mean, you're still trying to fight for the number one spot currently. You moved up to number two. You're back down to number three after a couple commits to Georgia and Alabama over the past two weeks. So you're still fighting for that number two, number three spot. But at the same time, when it's all said and done, a top three you know, recruiting class, which you should still get, it'll really be based off of what you get with Harold Perkins, what you really get with... um, with um. 
uh, uh, Shamar, you know, Shamar Stewart, what'd you get with those guys? Uh, you know, now Denver Harris is coming to visit Texas A&M. So to be able to get those guys in the class, well, at that point, yeah, then I think that you're going to be okay. And it's really about building for next season afterwards. So what does Texas A&M do at the defense coordinator position? Let's start off with the first thing internally. What could they do? Uh, my first phone call would be Elijah Robinson. Robinson's actually being considered for a head coaching position. According to people that I've spoken to, Temple would be interested in adding him to its roster. There's a few other coaching staffs across the country. If there's ever any fallout, they would be interested in adding him. And he's a name that's eventually going to get his opportunity somewhere. So you look at what Texas A&M's biggest success story is on defense. It is the defensive line. They're one of the better run defenses in the country. They're one of the best when it comes to closing the gaps. And you look at several of the, of the names just on the roster. With Tanusia Delmanlight, uh, you also have Fadil Diggs. You also have Danelle Harris you haven't seen a lot of success from because of you haven't really had to because of the guys ahead of them. And let's just look at the vast majority over the last few years. Kings the Kiki, Justin Matabike, Bobby Brown, um, you know, DeMarvin Leal. You also can throw in Tyree Johnson. You can throw in Michael Clemens. There's so much talent on the defensive line that – you can just go ahead and promote your guy. He knows what type of defense you want to run and just have him work a little bit more hands-on with the linebackers and the safeties. Bada-bing, bada-boom. There you go. You're right back in it, and you don't lose a recruiter. That's the biggest thing that I think you got to look at when it's internal options is you don't want to lose a guy who knows how to recruit. And the de facto number two, and honestly has been the more consistent guy, I think, of all the other recruiters, is Elijah Robinson. So having him at least interview for the position is definitely going to be something I think people are going to wonder. Uh, I don't know if he's the right fit, but it would be the one that I would consider of the two. The other name I would consider right now, TJ Rushing, the safeties coach. Safety is so big, but also having somebody who's played in the NFL is so immensely important to, in my opinion, to help transition these players and you look at what has been done at schools like Alabama and schools like Georgia, they don't have like a deep, like an actual guy who's been a defensive player in the NFL. They've had a guy who's at least worked in the NFL at some level or capacity as your defense coordinator. Uh, Dan Lanning's like the first one who hasn't been there, but Mel Tucker was a legitimate defense coordinator for the Chicago Bears for a few years. He like worked for four or five different NFL programs too. So he knows like what you're looking for and what type of value you can bring to that position. Rushing played, I think, three or four years in the NFL as a rotational guy. He's had immense success wherever he's gone as a safeties coach. Uh, really did a nice job at Memphis to get him down here back in 2019. And you do look at what the secondary has improved in, especially on the back end with Leon O'Neal emerging as probably a top 75 player in this year's draft class, Antonio Johnson looking like the number one slot cornerback in the country. You also have a really solid play from Jalen Jones. Tyreek Chappell did a really good job this year. Deuce Harmon in a limited role did a really good job this year. And they're adding more and more talent to the defensive side of the football. You keep Robinson and he bees and he could be your, you know, your up front front seven guy, and you add in rushing and he'd be your back seven guy. You don't lose either of your recruiters, and you probably could do this, and it's crazy, but just hear me out. If you did a co-defense coordinator, it does happen. I mean, Georgia has a co-defense coordinator. Dan Lanning was one. Glenn Schumann was the other, and that worked just fine. They also had a good analyst in the building, and that was Will Muschamp, who is probably going to take over for Lanning as the new co-defense coordinator, uh, along with Schumann if he does stay, because of Lanning's now going to Oregon as the next head coach. 
there's no reason why you can't have good coordinators and just have them share the spotlight. I mean, there's a lot of good names out there that have done it. So to me, if you're so afraid of losing a talent, like actually losing a big time talent, like a recruiter and Robinson or rushing, the smartest and easiest thing you could do would be just add in those two with the co-defensive coordinator uh, titles one works with line, you know, both of you work with linebackers. Maybe one of you works with more of an edge rushing style. One of you looks more of a run first or coverage style and you control your defensive line. You control your secondary, bada bing, bada boom. There you go. You're back to being a top five defense in college football. Once again, in 2022, this episode of Lockdown Aggies is brought to you by Prize Picks. All right, college football nerds, let me get you a heads up. Prize Picks is the brand new fantasy sports made easy. It allows you to go ahead and place your wages and odds on what you think is going to happen inside of a game and earn quick cash today. You can make up to two to five odds, and it doesn't really matter. All the bull situations that you have could definitely be playing in your favor. All you got to do is just go ahead and make your bets. It can be anything from touchdowns, receiving yards, passing yards, interceptions, and much, much more. Plus, you can also do it in basketball with styles of points per game, rebounds, assists, number of threes made, and all that and much, much more. Make sure you use the promo code Locked On to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your very first purchase. So you bet 20, you'll get 20. You bet 100, you'll get 100. You can make up to two to five picks every single day. It's a very easy, quick transaction. Go ahead and place your bets. You can get your money out minutes later once you win that cash prize picks it's fantasy sports made easy for all the college football fans everywhere don't hesitate make sure you use the promo code locked on to receive a 100 dollar bonus up to matching with your first purchase locked on aggies presented by the locked on podcast network the locked on aggies podcast is here thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day but make sure you check out the ultimate college football preview 2021 local experts betting advice and draft analysis the most comprehensive college football playoff preview begins this friday that's right this friday december 18th don't miss out on the show so let's go with my top three names of who I would call for a defensive coordinator and what I would personally do if I was Jimbo Fisher and I was looking on the outside. So say it's not TJ Rushing, say it's not Elijah Robinson, say you want to go with another name on the outside looking in. Let's go with my number three. I would go ahead and call Barry Odom. That's what I would first do because Barry Odom in two years has completely changed the culture and the narrative of what Arkansas football is. He also is a former head coach. He coached at Missouri. He also knows the Big Ten, I mean, the Big 12 area quite well. He also knows Tennessee quite well during his time as the defensive coordinator at uh, Memphis. So to be able to have now Tennessee in your pocket, where you already have a guy like Walter Nolan likely coming into the program, to be able to have Missouri in your pocket, where you already have a guy like Antonio Johnson kind of coming in your program, when you have stuff along the lines of that, where you're kind of sitting there on the, you know, on the fence of, wanting to own more states, getting somebody who has success both as a recruiter and a coordinator is a big plus. I do think that when you look at guys who have made immense success with the Razorbacks this you know in the past two years, Jalen Calaton, Bumper Poole, Grant Morgan, the linebacker position is really good. I really do think that that's at least going to be a subject of conversation. You at least have to put it on the table. I don't know if it's going to be the right move. I don't know if that would be my first phone call, but you know, I will say, He's well-respected around the SEC. He has SEC ties. In fact, Gary Pinkle hand said that he needs to be a head coach. And 
the way that he's been coaching the last few years would at least put him in the subject of conversation to potentially make a jump up into the up into that next level, that upper echelon level of top tier coaching. I do think that there's other coordinators out there, and and here's the big kicker. Would Jimbo Fisher really be willing to move from the 4-2-5 defense to more of a uh, 3-2-6 defense? They run a lot of dime packages. They run a lot of um, a lot of blitzes with one of their nickel defenders. So if you're going to continue to play Antonio Johnson in the slot, I totally get this move. Uh, the question is, what do you do at safety? Are you going to go ahead and bring Eric Young in? Are you going to go ahead and give Jarden Gilbert the starting role? What's going to be your game plan? Is Damani Richardson coming back? Are you going to use him more in a blitzing type role? Those are all questions that I think you have to wait until the bowl game to answer. Uh, you know, I don't think that right now is going to be the top priority. And again, Jimbo's basically said we're going to make sure that this is going to be the perfect hire for our program. So they could be a you know hot minute until we see who gets named. But Barry Odom, I think at least would be on my category. He's top five in total. Uh, you know, the Razorbacks were top five in pass defense this past year. They were top five in scoring defense in the SEC this past year. There's enough there to like. If you brought in Barry Odom, I wouldn't say I would love the hire, but I would like the hire for sure. Number two, Doug Belk from the University of Houston. Um, go back and watch Houston, and everyone's gonna say how Marcus Jones and the special teams and the offense was really clicking. Cool, like really cool story. You did not watch a single bit of Houston Cougar football this year because the defense was the reason Houston went eleven and one during the regular season. It was the defense that really propelled them to that next level. It was the defense that really did its job outside of the SMU game that made them look like a top 25 team in college football this year. Uh, Doug Belk, as the full-time coordinator this past year, had them ranked 16th in scoring defense. I mean, uh, 16th in run defense. They were like 15th in scoring defense. They were 23rd in total defense. They completely revitalized. And last year, they were like 81st, 79th, and 66th in every single category. Elk has been a name that people have mentioned for a hot minute, especially around the SEC. One program that I know that was very interested in him and still could be is the likes of Florida. They're looking to have a two type of defensive coordinator set. Uh, they brought in one guy. I think it's the guy from Louisiana Lafayette who came over with, Billy Napier, but they want to go ahead and offer Belk the position. The biggest question was Houston just gave him a brand new deal. It's a $1 million bonus per season. He is now the highest paid coordinator in Houston Cougar football history. Is Ross Burke willing to match that? Like, is Ross Burke willing to double that? Because that's what it's going to take is that you're going to have to pay Doug Belk like $2 million to come ahead and leave. But the other thing that I will say is that if Belk is very comfortable in like the 713 area, kind of like how I live in Houston and I make the commute up there, would he be willing to do that commute? If he's willing to do that commute, it's a lot faster. It's 90 miles. Like it's 90 miles north and you're back home in 90 minutes, like at most. And I know people are saying, no, no, you're not back in 90 minutes. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, you're right. It's more like, you know, a hundred minutes, but still, if, you know, if you're not hitting lights and it's basically just an entire trip down I-10 to 290 to Highway 6, if you just do that, I mean, it's very easy to get done. And again, maybe he'd be willing to move closer to College Station if he likes staying in the Houston area. But you got to remember that I always look at needs and I look at some of the biggest success. The secondary is going to be, I think, a huge strength for Texas A&M next season. The success that you've seen from Belk 
with the cornerbacks at Houston. Imagine what he can do with Jalen Jones. Imagine what he can do uh, with Tyree Chappelle and Deuce Harmon. Imagine what he could really do with potentially Miles Jones if he comes back and Ryan George if he comes back and, you know, Joshua Moten who still is on the roster. Like, imagine what you can do with those players. If you can go ahead and have that type of success, if you can go ahead and have that type of growth with those types of players, I actually think that you're in a really, really, really good spot. So Belt, to me, I don't think is untouchable. I do think that you would have to offer him a lot of money. But if you can swing it, go ahead and go after him. Because if, if you're already seeing Florida do it, the last thing you want to do is watch him come in next season and kick your butt. Like, that's the last thing you want to do when they face Florida. If you see, like, a team like Kentucky offer him or a team like Alabama trying to offer him, why would you want to go up against him? Just offer him. You're a lot closer, too, to what family is and where he kind of is, is right now. And you have the money and you have the funds. But the number one guy that I would bring in, and this is just me personally because I've watched the way their defense has played the last two years. And hear me out. I know a lot of people are going to go, why? Like, why that name? Why not bring in Jim Lenhard? Jim Lenhard, the defense coordinator of Wisconsin, has ties to nowhere in the SEC. But that didn't stop any other SEC team from doing something similar before Lenhard got there with a guy by the name of Dave Aranda. Dave Aranda was the defense coordinator at Wisconsin and then was brought in by Ed Orgeron to become the defense coordinator at LSU. And what happened? They won a national title. Because what the deal was is that you didn't sell the Midwest. You didn't sell Wisconsin. You didn't sell LSU. That whole storyline of what has made Aranda one of the most successful coaches in the last two years at Baylor has been, he sold himself. He's been himself the entire time. He has been the most genuine version of himself and people gravitate to that. You want to know what the Midwest is? And I know that people are going to go, oh, well, you know, the South the same way. A lot of the Midwest is just being themselves. They tell it like it is. They're not hard nosed. They're not always kind, but they're just, they're honest. They're, they're blatantly honest people who know how to just speak their mind and aren't afraid of the consequences. So Jim Leonard has been able to build this program up at Wisconsin in the same level and same direction that Dave Aranda did back in uh, 2016, 2017. What you look at, especially when you're looking at what he's done in the last two years, they've become one of the best run defenses and one of the best total defenses in all of college football. They ranked number one in scoring this past year in total defense. They ranked number one. I mean, they ranked number two in scoring defense this past year. They ranked number one in run defense this past year. And they ranked number one in total defense this past year. They were an impressive team. And the defense really brought them back when Graham Mertz was struggling early on. The defense really carried them for most of the season. And when I look at what this team has become, what this team is slowly transforming into, what this team continues to build and look like, Jim Leonard, I mean, in my personal opinion, why would you go in a different direction? It does work. You don't need to have SEC ties or Southern ties to be successful. And by the way, isn't Jimbo Fisher trying to own every single state in the country? I mean, isn't that the goal of every single program is to have like a, a footprint in every single area? Well, you have footprints opened up because of Mike Elko. You also have footprints opened up because of Elijah Robinson and TJ Rushing and uh, Robinson and a few other of the recruiters, you still can own up north. And what does up north have more than anything else? Oh, yeah, 
big boys, big boys that choose Wisconsin and Michigan and Ohio State and um, Iowa, and they become future NFL legit pros. I mean, if you look at the best offensive linemen in the NFL, they all herald from Wisconsin and Michigan and Illinois and Iowa, and they're all farm-grown boys. Bring them down to College Station. Leonard, if he brings along an offensive assistant that can come with him to help recruiting, which I think would be a really good deal breaker, go ahead and add that. You're set on both sides of the football for like years to come. The biggest mark I have with Leonard taking the job is I've heard from multiple people he kind of wants to go back to the NFL at some point. Would he be like a one-and-done type deal, or would he be able to work? If he's here for the long haul, that would be my very first phone call because of the way the run defense is played – and the way that you still have good players like a TJ Rushing probably staying on the staff and maybe even Tyler Santucci, if you and them remain, you're fixing your biggest flaw this past season and you're solidifying one of the best defensive minds right now in college football. And you have the funds to go ahead and pay him. This episode of Locked On Aggies is brought to you by uh, Locked On. Now, let me tell you about this deal. Let's talk about it for a minute because the Super Bowl is right around the corner, Super Bowl 56, and it's at SoFi Stadium less than 100 days away. And on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place looking to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and the experience of having a big game. Select your exact seats, choose from elite experiences, including a feature-exclusive pregame celebration with college stars turned NFL legends like Troy Aikman, Marcus Allen, Tim Brown, Akar Jamila Jalila, and much, much more, plus accommodations at five-star LA hotels and food by Great Wolf Game Puck. Visit on, uh, on location e.x.p.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on on location. That's on location exp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. This holiday season, why have stocking suffers with candy canes and candy when you can go ahead and get a new, new rich protein treat such as Built Bar? Built Bar, you get two of the best words involved, delicious and healthy. There's so many different flavors. So even if you have a hard time choosing, you'll be able to have your pick of the litter. Whether it be raspberry or mint brownie or cherry or double chocolate cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie, Built Bar gives you that extra fuel that you need this holiday season. Don't go ahead and think of it as a different kind of built-up protein bar. It's its own unique type of brand. It helps you get through the endless shopping lines. It helps you get through the bustling Christmas holiday season. It helps you set the tree up late in the afternoon. And because of it's part of the holiday season, make sure that you go ahead and bring up every single flavor and make sure you go ahead and give it to your kids. They're great for stocking suffers. Your friends may like Santa. Well, tell them to throw a few of those in their, in their stockings later on this year. Go ahead and dip your built bar in a nice hot cup of cocoa, a cup of tea as you prepare for Santa Claus to come down the building. And if you like marshmallows, you're going to want to go ahead and get your hands on the built bar puffs. They're light and fluffy marshmallow through and through different flavors, unique uh, unique type of uh, unique type of style with covered in 100% chocolate. It tastes so good you won't believe your eyes. Go ahead and visit builtbar.com using the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Stop eating the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your needs. Built Bar from builtbar.com. And ho, ho, ho. 
Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you so much for making it your first listen every single day. Now make sure your second listen is Locked On Bets with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, odds, wagers, and much, much more. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube.com, or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. There's one name I want to talk about that I don't think will come to Texas a and but if you could land him, I think you have to. I just, I don't think it happens. I think at this point, he kind of wants to be a head coach or he's done. But if you somehow could bring in Gary Patterson from TCU, you're going to win something really big. And I don't know if it would be a national championship. I don't know if it'd be an SEC championship. But Gary Patterson has revitalized TCU football. And he did it on the defense side of the ball more than anything else. When you look at TCU, they're like a Baylor in the sense of they're not an elite program by any means, but they do know how to produce NFL-level talent. And they know how to produce it on both sides of the football, offensively and defensively. When you look at a guy like Patterson, the biggest thing that he has been the most consistent at is building defenses up. For years in the Big 12, they were like the number one or number two defense, especially in total defense and scoring defense. They were nationally ranked top 30 in total defense and nationally ranked top 30 in scoring defense. They had their inconsistencies against the run. They've had their inconsistencies against the pass. But the mind of Patterson has been one of an enigma for years and years and years, and people have gravitated to him. He's been able to also bring in really highly talented recruits on the defense side of the football in large part due to the fact of he just knows how to produce them and bring them out to level talent. I mean, look at the NFL. You've seen for the last few years a defensive player at TCU go in the first round. If they don't go in the first round, they go early in the second round. And then you see several names go in the later rounds and they become actual superstars. TCU has been a hotbed of recruiting talent and building players for years. But the main reason you probably go after Gary Patterson is because Texas is looking to go after Gary Patterson. And if they go after Gary Patterson and he can be on the team for three to four years before getting another head coaching job if he wants it or just, you know, kind of having a job to work around and then you play them in the SEC, that could be a big difference maker. Like that could absolutely be a big difference maker. You have the money, you have the funds and Gary Patterson has the vast knowledge of over 30 plus years of experience as a defensive minded coach, both from a head coaching perspective and from a coordinator perspective. I would give him a phone call. The biggest difference between this and Texas is Texas is not playing on firing Pete Kubatowski for Patterson. They would bring Patterson on as a highly paid analyst. Why not just go ahead and give him the title coordinator? You at AM can do that. You can't do that if you're at the realm of Austin. You can do that in College Station. Patterson, I don't think would take the offer, but that would be definitely somebody that I would consider for the absolute opportunity to take over and help these young men build of what they did in 2019, 2020, 2021, and really for the end of the future and for the start of a new generation of Aggie football. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. On tomorrow's show, recruiting Who are the four names that I would be targeting the most when it comes to early signing period, getting their names on the dotted line for my future? We'll talk that and much, much more. See you tomorrow. Remember, it didn't go. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.